Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week, we have a guest that's an up-and-comer. He was A-class in limited division until he just won A-class at Race Gun National. Welcome soon-to-be-minted master class shooter, Brody Adkinson. Adkinson. How you doing, Brody? Good. How are you? I'm well. Why don't you go ahead and take a second and introduce yourself. All right. Um, my name is Brody Adkinson. Um, I'm 17 years old and I'm limited A class. I've been shooting USPSA for six years. Um, I shot Rimfire Challenge for a few years before that. I started that whenever I was eight. Eight? Yeah. And that was Rimfire Challenge? Yeah. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before. Uh, I've listened to a few episodes, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to start off with the hardest questions of your life. All right. All right. <laughs> yep. uh, the first one being, what's your favorite movie? Um, I'm a really big fan of the Jason Bourne movies. Um, three. Oh, um, that one was four. Um, I like it was all right. I didn't like it as much. Um, it, it was it was all right, but not I didn't like it as much. OK, yeah, I didn't care for it either. So it was, so there are five then is what you're saying. Five of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I've seen them all, and I, I like them a lot myself. So, but that was the one I did not care for. I, I was like, they should just delete that movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely my least favorite out of the out of all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now your favorite book. Um, I like nineteen eighty four by George Orwell. Good, and it's coming to uh, it's coming to fruition. Yeah. Yep. Big, definitely big brother spying on everybody. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you're into superheroes. If not, we'll go with a historical figure or a mentor or whatever. But what's your favorite superhero? Um, I def I'm definitely not super into superheroes. Um okay. I do like I like Thor. Thor's pretty cool. If I had right. to go with a superhero, it would be Thor. Yeah. Do you have a favorite historical figure or a mentor or anything? Hmm. Um George Washington's pretty cool. Um Definitely can't go wrong with that one. Um, Theodore Roosevelt, he's one of my Ooh. favorites too. Okay, now we got we're gonna have to talk about this. Why do you like Teddy? Um, I don't know. He 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 hunted a lot. Um, he did lots for um, national parks. Um, all he that started the national park system. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he's a great conservationist. Mm -hmm. Okay, your favorite gun and caliber, and they don't they don't have to be married together. It doesn't have to be nineteen eleven and forty five. Right. Um, my favorite gun would probably be an M1 Grand. Um, just got one of those for working at Badger Ordnance um, for one year. My boss gave me one. That's pretty cool. Nice. Definitely. The, the historicalness to it is very cool to me. Any any plans on shooting it in any competition? Um, I'm, I might. I might eventually. Um, like service rifle and stuff, it, it doesn't appeal to me a lot. Um, but I might give it a try at some point too. So, okay. What about any long range stuff like PRS, anything like that? Um, like kind of in the same same camp as like service rifle. Um, doesn't interest me a lot, but I definitely wouldn't be opposed to trying it at some point. Now, what about the? Uh, there's the new one. I'm trying to. I want to say it's called NRL, but they use animal steel. Uh, yeah, I think I've at, seen that one. 
at different distances. Now you're mm-hmm. you hunt, right? Yes, I do. So would anything like that then interest you? Um, it def- it would interest me more. Um, <laughs> okay. That- I'm not. I don't. I don't shoot much rifle. Um, That just don't. We don't really have much anything bigger than like a 223. So, um, okay. Definitely have to explore that a little bit to know it much. Okay. So you're you're basically. I don't want to say strictly an action pistol guy, but primarily an action pistol guy. As far as competition goes, yeah. All right. Final one. For the final one, I'm going to give you the national champion questionnaire. Okay. How tall are you? I am 5'8 on a good day. So you're going to have to go the route of Christian Seiler then? Yeah. Did you grow up on a farm? Um, I did not grow up on a farm. We have a farm, and we spend a lot of time there. Um, but we do live in Kansas City. But uh, you could say I grew up on a farm, yeah. Okay. We'll take that as a plus. And were or are you homeschooled? I am homeschooled, yes. Uh Uh-oh, there we go. Two out of the three right there. We have found that the the younger generation, like Mm -hmm. like your age and um, up to about 21, that the the ones who do really, really well all Mm -hmm. seem to have grown up on a farm and were homeschooled. But I don't know if you've looked at uh, some of the super squads, but those guys are as tall as trees. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely definitely a size aspect to it that definitely helps them, especially yeah. especially in limited. Agree. I mean, Mason Lane's what seven foot tall. He's pretty tall. Yeah, he's yeah. he's almost there. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like brushing up against it. <laughs> good guy too so i'm not i'm not giving him a hard time the guys nils tall mason tall they're all tall they're all cheating yeah yeah definitely not not fair (laughs) no definitely (laughs) not (laughs) i always wondered how uh max leo grandis and and christian seiler did it (laughs) yeah they they must have a cheat code somewhere yeah just gotta work work that much harder (laughs) exactly now, now I want to go back. When you introduced yourself, you said you uh-huh. were shooting a rimfire challenge at eight years old. Yes. So when did you first shoot a gun? Um, well, I don't, I guess I don't really remember. Um, I, I was probably, probably three or so. Um, well, very I had, I had a BB gun um, that, you know, my dad cut the stock off of and we made a new one that was shorter so I could shoot it in the backyard. Um, so, I mean, shooting's been something that I've been doing forever, basically. Wow. Um, yeah. All right. Now, how did you get into Rimfire Challenge? Um, well, we always watched uh, Shooting USA. Um, that was something that we always watched. Um, and then my mom was looking at videos one day, and she saw this uh, this girl shooting Rimfire Challenge. And she thought that that would be a good sport for me to get into so we we looked up where a local club was um found that it was going to be the uh, missouri state match was going to be held there um and we went and spectated that and then been shooting started shooting that not long after how long did you shoot rimfire challenge before you moved on to something else 
Uh, I shot it for about three years, I think. Um, I started USPSA whenever I was 11. Uh, but I, I shot Steel Challenge or Rimfire Challenge and USPSA both at a time. No Steel Challenge? I've, I've never shot Steel Challenge. Okay. Any desire to shoot Steel Challenge? I do think it would be fun. Um, definitely, I don't think it would be quite as fun as USPSA, but I think there's some good training aspects that could come from it. I agree. Uh, my, I, I totally my local, agree. What, go ahead. My local club at uh, Higginsville, Missouri, the Lafayette County Gun Club, it, they don't have a Steel Challenge match, so I would have to go somewhere else mm. to find one. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that there are aspects of it that would help in USPSA shooting, one being mm -hmm. transitions. I yeah, mean, yeah. That the whole match is transitioning from one target to the next and not overshooting, you know, not leaving the target too right. soon. So yeah, that, I, that, that, that is still challenge. So it would be, it would be a lot of practice on transitions. The only thing I have found is sometimes it can take forever because like at the local matches, you can shoot more than one gun. So sometimes those squads take forever to get through a stage. So that can get actually yeah. boring. Yeah, it can. All right. So you started shooting USPSA at 11. Yes. Production, I assume? I I started in limited. Um, I originally shot a M&P, um, the regular four and a quarter inch barrel. Um I mean, in the beginning, I didn't even have uh, extended mags. Um, I just shot 17 round mags um, for my first my first year. That's what I shot. And then my second year, we got um, MP five inch. We got a magwell for that and some extended mags. Originally, I was planning to shoot production after I was big enough to put enough mags on my waist, but I liked limited a lot, so stuck with that now did you start off shooting major power factor no no okay i didn't my <laughs> right. first no my first three or four years i didn't i shot minor i was gonna like i was gonna say if you started off at 11 shooting major power <laughs> factor then i understand why you did as well as you did no no <laughs> no major is still relatively new for me oh okay I'm, well not not new new but I've, I shot minor, I've shot minor longer than I've shot major. Now, what exactly are you shooting at M&P now? No, no, I am, I'm shooting at 2011 now. Um, back, it was probably my third year or so. Um, I was shot, I was shooting the, our state match. The Delaney's from St. Louis saw me shoot. They came up to me and asked me if I was going to keep shooting for very long. If I was going to stick with it. I said, yeah, um, and they said that they had a STI edge sitting in their safe that they weren't using, um, and they would they would give it to me basically. So that that's how I that was the main thing that's kept me in limited or kept me in limited. Um, after that, I was planning on shooting production, but after that happened, I decided to stay in limited. Since then, I've I've had some work done on it. Um, I bought a new a new one, a DVC. And then I put a new slide on my original edge. Is that your backup gun now or your training gun or? Um, 
the DVC is my backup gun. Um, oh, my original one that I had the work done on is my primary. As we alluded to earlier, you just shot Race Gun Nationals. You mm -hmm. finished 19th, very high finish. Uh, you won A class, so obviously you're not going to be A class anymore. Now, what has your training looked like up to this point? Like this year or um, in the years past? I, I would say starting from the time you started shooting major to now. Okay. All right. Uh, I think I've been shooting major for three years, if I remember that right. Um, I mean, in the beginning, I I didn't I didn't dry fire a whole lot. Um, I didn't even shoot that much. Mainly just our club match every week or uh, every month, and our state match. So I mean, I was only shooting seven matches a year, maybe. Um, really, until till last year was when he, when I really started to shoot a lot of matches, but. Back then, it would I would shoot, you know, maybe live fire once a month, dry fire two, two or three times a week at the most. But last year, I really, I really tried to up my dry fire. I started dry firing three, four times a week. I started live firing, at least trying to do drive live fire once a week. And then this year, I started live firing twice a week. I dry fired almost daily. And then I've this year, I've gone in, like, I kind of ramped up. We we turkey hunt a lot. Like, we, we take turkey hunting almost as seriously or more seriously as we do shooting. So, my my season doesn't even start until after turkey season, so May. So, and, like, starting in May, I would dry fire two, three times a week, maybe live fire once a week. And then as the season got later, as it got later in the season, I would start dry firing in longer increments and then dry firing more times per week to the point where I was dry firing pretty much five, six times a week for almost an hour and then live firing twice a week. Now, did you see where there, did you get a lot of gains during your dry fire this year? Uh, I did. Um, I did mainly in my grip. Like I don't, I don't use a timer a lot. I use timer probably 25% of the time. The rest of the time I just spend drawing and getting a good grip and then doing transitions where I really focus on leading with my eyes, and finding a precise spot. That makes up a lot of what my dry fire is. So you don't even use um, the timer for the beep to start? No. This episode is brought to you by Gun Butter. Gun Butter is a premier lubricant for your rifle or pistol. They have grease for parts that need it, like lugs on a bolt gun. Man, do I love a bolt gun. It's a proprietary blend that they won't even trademark so as not to have to give away their trade secrets. Check out the video I put up on YouTube. Uh, look for another one coming soon. I even ran into Rick Powers, an RO at Carry Optics Nationals. He switched to it after listening to our podcast with Mason Litchfield. He loves it. Rob Epifania uses and loves it. Frank Shu uses it and loves it. Use Casual Shooter 20 and save 20% on checkout no not not typically now when you say you live fire how how long are your live fire sessions like how many rounds are you shooting when you're doing your live fire training um well when i started this year i was probably only shooting um 100 rounds per session um so like 100 rounds once a week maybe um uh, but as the season got as it got later in the season 
like about probably August or so, I started, I upped that to 200 rounds per session. And then I upped that, you know, to two sessions a week. So I was shooting about 400 rounds per week. That's a, that's a, I mean, that's, you just quadrupled what you started. So mm -hmm. that's pretty significant increase. Yeah. What type of drills were you running in live fire? Um, I run a lot. I run a lot of doubles. Um, I mean, doubles. If I shoot 200 rounds, pretty much 150 of that or 100 of it is doubles. I probably shoot 100 rounds of doubles and then 50 rounds of practical accuracy. Another 50 rounds on transition stuff, typically. Now, did you say tactical or practical accuracy? Practical accuracy. I wanted to make sure I heard you right. I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. my hearing is not so great. So define yeah. then practical accuracy. So practical accuracy is um, one of Ben Steger's drills. Um, it's in a lot of his books. It's target at whatever range you desire, basically. Um, it's six rounds. And then so you, you draw, fire first round. And as soon as you see your front sight come back down to where you're looking, you pull the trigger again. So you do that six times. So bang, 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 bang. And then you reholster and you do that six times. So it's a, I believe it's a 36 round drill. Really focuses like on your grip, making the gun recoil straight up and come straight back down to where you're looking. And I take it you've seen good gains off of that. Yeah, that, that's probably been my favorite drill or okay. the one that I've seen the most improvement. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple of his books. He has some good books. Do you ever do his, uh, I, he had a warm-up drill that I like to use when I dry fire, which is where you just kind of keep your hands up, you start the timer, and as soon as you hear the beep, you slap the timer. You put hmm. I put it like down where my holster is. There's no gun in my holster. I just put it there. Because huh. what I what I noticed was when I would start dry firing, it would take me five minutes. We'll say five minutes, okay, mm -hmm. to kind of warm up to really speed up my my draw when I first started. Right. Then I ran across this other I'll call warm up drill, and I could run that four or five times. That's all it takes, four or five times, and just the waiting for that beep. And as soon as I hear it trying to beat my hand, my hand trying to beat the sound where I could slap mm. the holster before or the timer before the sound stopped which is three tenths of a second right um, and, and about five times i'm like i am warmed up ready to go everything's yeah. good to go <laughs> so i have found i'll even do it at local matches i'll just go to a safe area and without even the timer just as quick as i can just to warm yeah. up it's a pretty good little warm-up drill it works for me yeah. not everything works for everybody but that, that's interesting. I, I haven't seen that one yet. I might have to give that one a try. I forget where I found I'll have to look for it again, but it's in, I believe it's in one of his books. I'm pretty sure it's where I got mm. it from. I was like, it speeds up my dry fire practice or at least gets me yeah. into the meat of it quicker. So, now, have you taken any classes with anybody? Um, I have, I have taken a few classes. I took a Tim Heron class back in, what was that? 2018, I believe. Um, so it was, oh, okay. it was just my second year of shooting. Um, I took one of his classes. I, I really liked it a lot. I definitely wasn't at the age to really make the most of it yet. I wasn't training much then um, to make the most of it, but I did like it a lot. I've taken two Merle Eddington classes, and then I've also taken two Ben Steger's classes. I took his fundamentals last year, and then I took his skills and drills. This year. Yeah, that's a lot of classes. Yeah, it's been about one per year. So projecting to next year, what do you think you'll take next year then? Um, I don't know. I was actually, I was thinking about not taking a class next year and trying and seeing if I can make another major match somewhere, like kind of 
have a have another match take the place of the class. Just yeah. kind of put I, in I, the practice all you've already learned. Right, right. Try and implement it all because that's what I've found this year is I kind I kind of ran out of matches. I don't shoot a whole ton of matches. So how many matches did you shoot this? Year? I shot. Let's see. I think I shot six club matches and then I shot eight major matches. What were your major matches? I shot the Ozark Classic in March and then I shot okay. the Cornhusker Classic. Um, I shot the Kansas State match. Then I shot the Illinois sectional, the Southern Illinois section. Then I shot the Arkansas sectional. And then I shot Area 4. And Area 4 was my first ever level 3 match. Um, so that was fun. Then I shot our the Missouri State match and then national. So that's, that is quite a few majors. So do you think shooting those major matches helped prepare you for that type of competition at nationals? Uh, yeah, definitely. I definitely found that um, I've gotten I've gotten the most I think out of major matches this year, like compared to like club matches or even my practice sessions. Sometimes I learn more from major matches than I do anything else. And why do you think that is? I think the pressure of it has a lot to do with it. It shows a lot of your weaknesses. I think that would probably be the biggest reason for it. Just a lot more, a lot more pressure, a lot more tension. It shows all the flaws in your game, especially since it's strung out over so many stages. Now you're in a, a pretty warm area of the country in the summer. So yeah, yeah, it gets pretty warm here. So how does shooting those major matches, which typically have more stages to shoot mm-hmm. in the warmer time of the year, do you think it helps shooting those to maintain your focus over a 10 or 12 stage match? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it I think it does amplify. You have to increase just how much thought and effort you put into it because if you if you if you don't put a lot of effort out into your preparation for those matches, you you won't last long. Your your performance will suffer and your just head game won't be there. Yeah, for sure. You'll just you'll start off high on stage one, and then mm-hmm. by the time you get done, you're going to be down at the bottom, just like oh, ready for this to be done and over. Yeah, absolutely. Was this your first national? It was. So you got your first taste. How did you enjoy it? Um, I liked it a lot. Um, it definitely had a different different feeling to it. A lot more, a lot more pressure to it. It felt like you know being that far away from home was definitely different too. I liked it a lot. Now, did you go by yourself, or did someone from your family go with you? No, our my whole family went. So my mom, dad, and sister all went. So now that you've done one, uh, I mm-hmm. I love shooting nationals. I've I've only shot three, but I love them. It's a totally different vibe, you know. Yeah. Do you plan on continuing to shoot nationals year after year now? Yeah, I do. I do. Next year's is already scheduled for Ohio, I believe. We already have an Airbnb book for that. So yeah, I do. I do plan on shooting them for a while. Normally, I leave these towards the end, but I'm going to ask this question now so we can expand on it in other ways. What is your goal for USPSA? I, I mean, I'd like to, you know, w- be able to win nationals. I think it would definitely be cool to be able to go to a world shoot sometime. I definitely, I definitely have high aspirations: win nationals and win even bigger. Okay, so this is not just going to be a hobby for you. You are intent on taking it to the next step and trying to win it all. Yeah. So that leads into the question. So you shot eight majors this year. 
you mm -hmm. you've upped your training now what is next year going to look like like so are you taking an off season when do you plan on starting and shooting again and what do you think your training and match schedule is going to look like next year um i do i do plan to take an off season um probably i'm going to shoot i'm going to shoot this weekend um and then i plan to take a little bit of a break um not touch the guns for a while maybe a month or so and then I plan to do some lighter dry fire, you know, a couple times a week, not super, not super long sessions. I'll probably start shooting matches again, uh, probably May, April, May. I might try and get one in in March, uh, but then I'll, I'll start live firing consistently, probably June or so, and really trying to up my dry fire sooner in the year this year. When is limited nationals next year? I believe it is October 10th? Because like I know I'm, I've already taken off the time to shoot the carry optics national, but that's in June. I consider yeah. that really early. So, do you see yourself shooting the same number of majors next year? Or I know you said you're probably going to not take a class. So, and then take that money and put it towards another match. So you, that mm -hmm. would that be another major then? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably try and make area three next year. Um, I might not go to the Illinois match. It was it was pretty far for me this okay. year. So I'll definitely I'll definitely be making area three, and then off I'll, I'll have to look around and see what other matches are out there. Try and see if there's any more of them that are kind of like within four four or five hours. So you think you would do area four and area three then? I've heard the area four could be going like pretty far into Texas, if because okay. it was it has been in Tulsa. And so that's not, not, it's like four hours from here, but if it goes, if it goes into Texas very far, that'll probably be a little bit too far. Yeah. That could be a heck of a drive. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, I've got a trivia question for you. What's halfway between Houston and Los Angeles? Um, that would be looking for a city or. Yep. There's a city halfway between Houston and LA. It'd be like Northwest part of, I mean, North part of Arizona, right? No, nope, I don't know. It's El Paso. El Paso, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so halfway to LA, you're still in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That that puts everything into perspective right there. It's like, uh, yeah. Okay, that's a that's a big state. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't take to go too deep into Texas? And yeah, from where you are in St. Louis, that'd be a drive. Kansas City, but yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kansas City. So any any desire to shoot dot? Whether it be open, carry optics, PCC, anything. Uh, I do plan to dabble a little bit in carry optics kind of later in the winter. I have a I have a Glock slide that I got milled that I plan to put a red dot on and shoot it a little bit, mainly for training purposes, but I might try and make a few club matches with it. But now, what do you mean I don't, by training purposes? I do. I find that I struggle to stay target focused, you know, being able to include my red dot and force myself to be target focused and then also having the red dot right there to show me the flaws that i have in my grip um, i feel like that could be very helpful for when i switch back to irons i've seen some people including their front sight post i've seen that on, too what do you think yeah. of that um definitely is interesting um probably going to give it a try something that i've i've done that before like with some uh, like stick a piece of tape to my front sight and dry fire. Only problem is you can't draw or anything after that. I'm wondering if transitioning you can, with it. Right. I'm wondering if you, there's still a way to 
even if it bends over a little bit onto your front side, I wonder if there's still a way. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there. I'm sure there is. Nobody's just invented it yet. So when do you find that you're not as focused on? This episode is brought to you by Laser App. L A S R App. They specialize in laser dry fire training. Super convenient and not to mention super cheap. You can use anything for a dry fire target and any device with a camera for capturing the laser hits. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. And it's veteran-owned. Simplify, Ben. You can utilize multiple targets and multiple cameras. It can be as complex or as simple as your heart desires. They even sell steel challenge banners. They sell cert guns and the cert AR bolt so you can practice indoors with your AR for free. There's a newsletter and a forum you can join. When you sign up for the newsletter, they'll send you a free six-part video series. Check out their website. It's a smorgasbord of items to make you better faster. Use the affiliate link on our website or at the bottom of our podcast notes and on YouTube for a 15% discount. Also, use our coupon code in the store for 10% off of other items not necessarily covered by our affiliate link. Thanks for your support, everyone. Without your support, this podcast would be difficult to maintain. The target is you need to be. Definitely, I feel like farther shots, I struggle with that. Or maybe maybe you just notice it more on target farther shots. Like transitions, um, I tend to not lead with my eyes very well. Stay very centered on the gun and just move the gun and my eyes at the same time. Interesting to me that you have these things that you know that you're still working on, but I would consider you're stu- still shooting at a high level. Even if you're not leading with your eyes, I figured that would affect your score more than it has. Yeah, I tend to do better on the more physical stages, fairly athletic. I can run fairly fast. You know, I can, I can shoot the more physical stages pretty well to kind of make up for that. A little bit. I definitely don't think I could get much farther without being able to solve that problem. Okay. Definitely, I definitely feel like I hit the limit of like what I can do doing it wrong. I'm at the point where I, I need to, I need to do it right to get much farther. Yeah, it's definitely going to be more critical to fix all these little things going on in order to keep progressing and moving up that chain. Now, do you have any type of? Do you have a GoPro? Do you have like I have aim cam glasses. Okay. Uh, so the there's literally a camera that hangs off of a mount right here by my eye. Yeah. And, and I was like, I knew that initially I was doing the same thing you're talking about. I was mm-hmm. moving the gun and my eyes together. Like I didn't want to lose my sight picture, you know, so I'm following the right. dot over. Yeah. So I started practicing it hard and I shot a match one time and I was like, I wasn't sure. I was like, was I, am I still doing that? And I was able to go back and look at the footage. And then I could see that my head was turning and then the gun was following. So it's like, okay. So I'm asking if you have like a GoPro or any type of camera where you might be able to film yourself to see if you're doing it. Yeah, I do. I have a, it's an optic camera, what it's called. Um, It has just a little clip that clips to your hat it's pretty small it's like the whole thing is only about that that long and just clip it just magnet it's like a magnet just sticks to your the clip that you can stick on your hat now do you use that during matches 
I do. Yes. Okay. So that's the footage that I've seen on your Instagram, I guess. Yes, it is. Do you ever go back through your video footage to see what you're doing or not doing like that? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I do. Um, almost all my matches, I'll go back through and look at all my videos for a while and try and really dissect what, what it is that I've done wrong. Now you, you load your own ammo? Yes, we do. Okay. You use coated bullets or jacketed or? Coated. Yeah, coated. We use um, okay. DG bullets mainly, uh, but we also use Rubens, just basically whatever we can get. What grain bullet are you using? Uh, 180 grain. You mentioned that you were considering dabbling in carry optics. Do you, like I've talked to a few people and they're like, I want to, I want to focus on this division. And then, you know, when I reach my goals there, then I'll look to start branching out after that. Is that where you are? Or do you see yourself where you're mm -hmm. just going to basically shoot one division forever? Uh, I plan, I plan to just basically have limited as my main division. Um, that I'll, that's going to be what I shoot for a long time. That's why I'm going to, you know, spend most of my time my competing time in i might shoot a club match or two um and carry optics just to see mess around with it change some things see what see what i can learn what is it about limited that you enjoy um kind, kind of like the simplicity of it but you can still go fast major scoring is nice i don't shoot <laughs> i don't shoot very good points <laughs> um, so i i definitely i definitely make the most of major you you remind me talking of uh, Gianni Giordani, mm, yeah, because he's the same way. He's like, I, you know, his he would just wants to shoot limited. That's what he enjoys. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. what it reminds me. I I think it I think it has is the it's the most balanced. I feel of all the divisions like carry optics. You can basically just have whatever you want, other than a a magwell and a comp. Open yeah, doesn't even feel. Poor open doesn't open. even feel like a real gun anymore at that point. Something out of Star Wars. So I feel I feel yeah. like limited is the happy medium. You get a little bit of what open offers and but iron sights. I get it. Now you mentioned um you wouldn't mind doing a world shoot. Have you shot any Ipsic matches? I have not. Is that something you see doing in the near future? Um in the near future, no. I don't think it's something that's gonna be quite ready to do in the near future, but you know, in a year, a few years, I definitely wouldn't mind. Did you see any of the videos from the Pan American Games? I did. I did. Other than Seemed the mud, what did you think of the stages? I, I liked it a lot. From what I've read, Ipsic is kind of is significantly different in the way that they design stages. Seems like it's a lot, a lot more running, but less rounds. Yeah, so and you seemed... have to stay within the lines. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, coloring. So I, I, <laughs> I do feel like that would be something that would suit me a little bit better, but I do think it would be fun. You think you could, um, you think your physicality, you'd be able to take advantage of that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like in Ipsic, the more athletic you are, since everyone has to travel the same route, I feel like who, whoever's quicker is going to get a little bit of an advantage there. Right. What do you think of their targets? I don't like them at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, I think they suck. <laughs> <laughs> I I shot the um last year I shot Del Marva mm. and I have in dry fire training I'll put a dot on the targets mm. and train my and train myself to look at the dot on different targets so when 
when I go to a match, I already know where I'm going to engage the targets. Like, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Well, I went to Delmarva and I'm like, they had all these Ipsic targets. And in one of them, they had turned an odd direction. And I was like, I don't even know where to aim. I had to yeah. walk, I had to walk out to the target and look at it and go, okay, I'm going to shoot right there. I need to aim right there. You know? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, what in the world? So yeah. it, they're different. Yeah. I, I, I do kind of like them. I think that um I think for people who are a little slower on the shooting, like me, mm -hmm. they help because they kind of if you're not careful, you're gonna you're definitely gonna lose some points, you know? Right. Yeah. So it, it'll have a tendency, especially the farther ones, to slow everybody down a little bit. So yeah. It, it, I mean I it's like not slow, was, it's not go ahead. If I was gonna shoot them far away, I would probably rather shoot the ipsic targets just because they're round and just shoot in the middle of them as opposed to a uspsa target you can shoot in the yeah, middle they're... of a uspsa target but you can seems like it's easier to favor one side or the other aim mm. you know a little too high or a little too low on an ipsic target you can just shoot right in the middle of it yeah it is a little oblong but yeah for sure if it's an open target yeah you're just bang bang right in the middle so you're 17 mm -hmm. What year of high school are you? Um, I'm actually, I already graduated high school. Um, I graduated high school this spring. Are you going to college? I'll, I'll probably start some online college classes probably over the winter. So what, I, what I'm trying to figure out is, do you have a plan to be able to work shooting into life now? Yeah. Um, well, it's definitely already been a little bit harder because um, I'm working almost full time. Um, so it is. A little bit more challenging now to put it all in um yeah throw in some college on top of that um it'll definitely be hard i'll just i'll have to prioritize more um <laughs> right you know stay i'll have to stay stay on task a little bit better than i am now your long-term shooting goals mm-hmm do you see yourself going down the route of like um, a, a Tim Heron where that becomes what you do? Or do you just plan on working in the shooting industry or something completely different altogether? Um, I definitely like to work in the shooting industry. Uh, I don't know necessarily about teaching classes. That's something that I might warm up to a little bit, but I definitely I like working in the shooting industry. Do you work for anybody in the shooting industry now? I do. Yeah, I work for Badger Ordnance. Um, we we do a lot of like precision rifle stuff, uh, but then we also have like some C1, some uh, AR accessories. Um, we have some military contracts. But you don't shoot rifle. No, we do, I don't. <laughs> okay, and that working there doesn't even make you want to do it, huh? Uh, it does a little bit more than if I didn't work there, but uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but long range stuff just doesn't appeal to me very much. Okay, fair enough. That's where I started my game, so <laughs> I have a an affinity for it. Yeah. And you're sponsored by Everheart. Yes. Who are they? Uh, they're an outdoor outdoor store in Clinton, Missouri. Um, they have basically everything. Um, they have a lot of fishing stuff, you know, if you're into fishing, um, but their hunting section is really good. And they have a lot of stuff in the shooting, like guns and ammo and stuff like that. 
So they they helped me up with hook me up with some components. Obviously, I still pay for them, but this time it's kind of hard to find primers, so they'll squirrel some away from me for me. That's an understatement. And, yeah. Is that uh, the post you put on Instagram? I did. The, yeah. The fair. Okay. Yeah. It was very kind of them. It was. Yeah. Definitely. So definitely still cost me, but I I was able to find them. So at this point, I'll 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 pay whatever price if I can find them. You're definitely gonna pay for them. That's for sure. I want to go back for a second. Um, you said you would start shooting after turkey season. Yes. So you shoot every year. I'm. You so you hunt turkey every season. Mm-hmm. How many turkeys do you normally harvest? Um, I typically, I typically take one or two. It depends on how how well I did that season. A few years ago, I was able to take four. I was able to take two in Kansas and then uh, two here in Missouri. Um, but this year, I only. It was a tough season. I only got one. It it kind of just depends on how how the season is. I I typically just shoot for one. If I'm if I get one, I'm happy. So it's a successful season. Yeah. If I if I just get on the board, it's it's successful. Not not easy. Right. How hard is it shooting them with a 2011? The turkeys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't shoot rifle, so I assume it's, your <laughs> it's shotgun. It's shotgun. <laughs> okay. All right. I've known plenty of people who uh, will shoot or hunt them with a 22 also. Yeah. That, yeah. There's some specific seasons I know for that. Um, I don't think either Kansas or Missouri have a 22 season, but I could be wrong. On oh, that. so. All right. So let's talk about it then. What? 12 gauge? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Choked? Uh, it has a, can't remember the exact choke, but it's an, like an extra full turkey choke. Okay. It's a it's a Benelli Nova. As and what load are you running? I'm either I'll either use um, Fioki six shot, I believe it is six shot, two and three eighths out, or I do have I do have a few tungsten loads. Um, they're 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 pretty expensive. They're they're almost worse than primers. Oof. So I, I kind of save them. Yeah, that's gonna leave a mark on the wallet. Yeah. Do you uh, hunt any other animals? Uh, yeah, we we hunt a lot. Um, we squirrel hunt, we can hunt, we deer hunt a lot too. Um, that's right around the corner here, coming up in a few weeks. And then we do a lot of predator hunting too, like coyotes and bobcats. You've got a lot of that around you. Uh, yeah, down by on our farm we do. Um, we have we have quite a few coyotes and bobcats. We have we have to go to some. Air, to some land around us for turkeys we don't we don't do very well in the turkey category on our farm but we do have a lot of game so are you able to hunt deer on your property then do they come on there okay yep, yeah we have we have quite a few deer so what are your life goals um well i'd like to be able to just shoot as long as possible i want to be be able to be successful obviously in the shooting industry you know make shooting a, a focus in that but like to hunt a lot too so i think trying to find a balance in that is definitely going to be important so what i'm hearing is you need to be a like a sponsored shooter for a company that that does it all probably yeah you so do you see yourself being a professional shooter like uh nils or a jj or uh max michelle or casey eusebio something like that uh, i could definitely see that yeah um i'd definitely be aiming for that Okay. Not necessarily have to have it, but 
I'd like to be at that level. I definitely in that doing that would not be bad. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad deal at all. Was there anything we didn't talk about that you or we did talk about that you wanted to expand on or? I don't know. I guess we could talk a little bit more about dry fire. Okay. Yeah, I'm all about uh, it. I forgot to mention I do like I dry fire a lot in the yard in our backyard. So like like every Tuesday night I set aside time that I set up more dynamic drills in our yard that I I'll thumbtack targets up to our privacy fence and I'll I'll use a plastic gun to not freak the neighbors out. All right, when you say plastic gun, are we talking airsoft or are we just talking? No, I use a, a like a Cook's gun mold like their yellow gun to make holsters with um okay it's like it's bright yellow doesn't right. resemble a gun very well so right it's I just figured, the shape figured, yeah but do you, i do I, I train movement and stuff mainly there so do you okay so when you're when you're doing that and you're using that gun are you just are there sights on it that you can quasi aim or mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah it, it does have sights on it so that, that's nice. I can, I can simulate that. All right. So with your movement, then you can simulate having the gun up on the t- sights on the target and all of that by the time you get into position. Yes. Do you do you use a timer at that time at all? I do typically use a timer for my yard work. Yeah. Do you ever set up like partial stages so you're doing mm-hmm. multiple things? Yes, I do. Uh, I'll set up targets on one side of our privacy fence and then set up some vision barriers and then like kind of set up some different arrays with movement and stuff just to really work on entering and exiting positions. So after you had these classes, we've had four of them. How do you think your dry fire changed? Um, It definitely got a lot more focus instead of just kind of getting the gun out and doing a few reps of draws, maybe doing some reloads. i started actually going into it with a plan. Today I'm going to work transition, only work transitions until I feel that they were adequate. Then I'll move on to draws or something like that. Okay, but how I do definitely... you, how do you know what is adequate? Like how do you define adequate so you know, okay, I've reached that goal, I can move on to something else. Um well, with my transitions, I would go to I really felt like I was able to move my eyes then the gun and then stop on a very specific spot on the target. That that's in my terms is that's adequate. Obviously not not great, but better than it has been. How many times do you have to do that before you go? Okay, I've I've done it enough times adequately, then I can move on. Because obviously I wouldn't think it would be. Oh, I did it one time. I'm good. I can move on. Like how many right. time, How I, many reps are we looking at? Uh, probably five to ten. Sometimes more. You know, really till I was feel like I'm able to do it consistently. That's that's my main goal. Really get to where I can get it consistently. So is there is there one dry fire drill that you consider a core drill that you do all the time? Slow draws mainly. Um, I really I really work on getting a consistent grip, a good consistent solid grip, because that's something that I feel can break down very easily, especially in movement. So I do step in a draw, turns and draws. But typically, I do that slower, not with the timer. Do you do a scoop draw? Uh, I do not. Know. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I feel like I would throw my gun and get disqualified. I, I've experimented with it a little bit, um, and I've I have done it in matches before. I just feel like I'm. It's not consistent enough. 
that being a core drill, did you come up with that on your own or was that something that came out of one of the training classes or what? Um, that was mainly something that I came up with on my own. It did kind of stem from some classes. I felt like from the classes I've get, gone to and then just analyzing my own practice sessions, grip is something that I tend to struggle with. I don't control recoil very well just because I'm not very big. That has a lot to do with it. So I have to be, I have to do, I have to do it all right with in terms of my grip. When you say grip, are you talking about establishing a good, strong hand grip when you're coming out of the holster? Or are you talking about getting your weak hand where it needs to be so you can grip the gun to manage the recoil? I would say both, really. Getting a good, strong hand grip is very important for me. Um, getting that very consistent is important, but then really um, a consistent weak hand grip for me is a lot more important that's the one i tend to have you ever watched any of mike seeklanders um i did i have a long time ago and I only say that because he has a, a video up where when he breaks down the grip he'll practice starting with the strong hand grip and finding where his hand like on his weak hand on his index finger where it makes contact with the trigger guard and he'll he'll just practice that and rolling out constantly so that it's consistent all the time. Yeah. I've done that a few times to help too. So I pull stuff from everybody. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you can't or well, you can't just can't just pull from one source. Um because you can't no, absolutely. you can't do it everybody can't do it the exact same way. You have to find your own way. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll never move like JJ Rakaza. That's for sure. Right. Uh, so I'm going to have yeah. to find someone else to look at movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that it, It's funny. You mentioned that. That's something that I, I do do um, is just kind of start from the low ready and present the gun and try and get a solid support hand grip to where I'm really getting the meat of my hand on the side of the gun. That that is something that I did. I didn't realize that was actually a thing. <laughs> well, there you go. Looky there. Yeah. See, you're ready to start teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. But. <laughs> uh, do you um? You ever listen to Steve Anderson? I, I do occasionally. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, Are you now? Nineteenth at nationals is, is a very solid finish. Obviously, you've already mentioned some things you're going to work on to improve your skill, but are you doing anything to improve the the mental focus and management of shooting? Uh, yeah, um, I felt like I felt like I was able to. That's something that I well, it's been something I've been practicing all year long because I knew I was going to be going to nationals, and I knew it was something that I was going to have to really dial in was my mental game, and that's something I've been working on a lot, you know, really before the match, focusing on my breathing, trying to relax, obviously, because, because of my name, I'll be going first on the first stage, typically every time. Yeah. Uh, and kind of coming, coming to that real realization was important because going into the match, you can plan on being first. And then when they call your name, it's not, it's not a surprise. My first day at nationals day one, it didn't go very well. 
my head was definitely not right. I kind of lacked some focus, a lack of focus on the correct things. I was focusing on wrong things, not what I needed to be. What so What do you mean by was, wrong things? A lot of my like visualization, um, some of the cues I was using were correct. Like instead of looking to specific targets and specific spots on targets, I was thinking more about how I was going to be coming into position and stuff like that. So I can, I, I should be just focusing more on the shooting part and then trying to let my movement just happen naturally. Whereas on the first day I was thinking about, I was thinking about too much, really. Um, I need to mm. simplify it. Okay. I need, I need to simplify it and just try and, let my fundamentals take over. So do you think in dry fire in the yard that you could work on your movement to the point where it could be subconscious and it's not something you have to then worry about period? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Uh, something that I do feel like I'm, I'm getting there on that. It's not, you'll never be a 100%, but I do feel I'm making improvements on that as far as just being able to let not have to think about that as much and just worry about on the shoot, worry about the shooting. Yeah. Steve likes to um, always talk about a focus phrase before you shoot so that you're focused on the one thing you need to focus on it. Do you mm -hmm. use one of those? Uh, I don't really. I haven't gotten to that point yet where I, I haven't tried that yet. No. Ever plan on, you would you ever consider taking and i'm not asking you for me i'm just curious mm. any type of mental management class or seeing a like rob epifania was on and he actually yeah. saw a sports psychologist would you ever consider yeah, I, something like that i i think that would be very interesting um and i would be interested in doing that for sure take i've read like uh lanny basham's book i've read that uh, with winning very in good book yeah yeah I like that a lot and I've taken, I've had lots of takeaways from that that I've been able to implement, but I, I think more, more training in that's definitely. I definitely agree with Steve that the higher up you go in the shooting world, the more mental the game becomes because your skill level is there, you know, like you yeah. have that. And, and let's just use Nils, for example, because I feel like at the moment he, he might be the most consistent shooter. He's not, he's not winning every stage, but he's right. also not losing every stage, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. he's consistently up there and very flat, no ebb and flow, no peaks and valleys, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's very, it's very important to stay consistent throughout the match. That's something that, Going into the last few matches that I shot this year before nationals, that was something that I was really trying to focus on because I had been earlier in the year, you know, I had been, I had been fairly consistent. You know, I might have had one or two really good stages, but then I also might have had one or two really bad stages, and that was something that I was really trying to eliminate throughout like the later part of the year. And I mean, I, I've. I looked at your finishes and they were very, very consistent. So. Yeah, my my day one was definitely very rocky. Um, we started on the like second or uh, third block of nationals, so zone C, like okay, yeah, C zone. Um, let's see, that was like stage 15, 15 to twenty, 
or 14 to 20. I don't remember now. Somewhere right through there. And those were definitely not as good. Like, I think I, I believe I had like two or three 60th place. Um, you, had a, you had a 60 and a 68. Yeah. You know, the, if I if I had been able to eliminate those, you know, I might have been clean up some of the other things that I did, like on day two. Like, I believe my stage one was not very good. I believe it was like 30 something. Um, stage one was 46. 46. Yeah. And that, that was a. That was a big field course too. It had a lot of available points. So what you know, what do you think you, happened? I, I got going a little bit too fast. My stage plan kind of got mixed up in my head. Like I I, try, I tried to do too much, too many things all at the same time where I should have just gone to one spot and then tried to slow things down. Two stages later, you had your best stage of the match. What did you do differently between those two stages? So that was actually our first stage of that day. Stage three was our first stage on day two. Uh, so stage one would have been like our Almost second last to last stage. stage. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely, I was definitely getting a little bit tired on by the time we got to stage one. But stage three, uh, it was a, it was definitely a harder stage. Um, it had a lot of farther shots. It had some very far uh, poppers too, and that was one I just told myself that I was going to see. I was going to see almost a perfect sight picture on every shot that I fired that stage. I wasn't going to get ahead of myself. It it fared pretty well for me. Can you see that? Of course, I'm yeah, going to ask you right that. when you take a drink. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when you're eating dinner and someone asks you a question right <laughs> when you put the food in your mouth. You're like, rah, 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 rah. right? Yeah. So this is your stage three right here. Yes. So I'll let you talk us through it. Okay. You just nodded. You're so ready. That I believe that was a, that was like a hard cover shot there. I really wanted to, especially on those first first couple shots of the day, I really wanted to be precise. Uh, and so I, I looks, took I took a lot of time on that. And this is the. Can you see my cursor? Yes, I can. Okay, so you it looks like you're shooting at this target right here beside the wall. Yes, I am. On the right one? Okay. Yeah. So you engage that one first. Yes. I had one makeup on the steel there. I kind of okay. I kind of started to I was leaning out a little bit far. I didn't get right in the corner of that box. Um mm. so I was leaning a little bit and I I was kind of off balance. Um so that kind of led to that. I that led to that makeup shot on the steel. What were you in a position where you couldn't slide your right foot over any? Uh, yeah, it was. It was. You had to get right in that right side of the box. You had to get pretty tight in there. Um, okay. And I, I didn't hit my position very well. My feet were pretty narrow, and I wasn't able to lean as far as I wanted to. I got you. So now you've moved all the way over to the far right. You're in the other shooting box. A tuxedo. You got some no shoot in there. You had to take the steel from that box. You couldn't couldn't see correct, it from the yeah. other side, correct? Okay. Correct. That's what I thought. So you had a tuxedo in there on this side, and you've got a no-shoot, and then you had the steel. Okay. Yeah. Now that was, that was what, a 25-round stage. That was a pretty, whoop. So that was a 25-round stage. So that was a pretty pretty big course, if you want to call it. A, yeah. A large it wasn't course. The big, the it wasn't the side. biggest field course but it, it was right. like kind of a smaller field course yeah that's what i was saying it's like a a smaller large or a larger medium or whatever whatever you want to call right. it what video are we looking at here um uh, that would okay. be that would be my stage one 
of day three. So that I believe that was stage eleven. Okay. Now stage eleven is a twenty-nine round yeah. field course. It looks like. Yeah, it was one of the. I believe this was one of the biggest stages of the match as far as points go. Oh, don't you love it when they make you run one direction and run run back? Right. I hate back having to cover having to cover the same ground twice is not fun. No, no, I hate that. And I'm not saying it makes it a bad stage. I just don't like it. Yeah. I feel like I it makes me feel like I'm I'm wasting time, like I'm having to do a U-turn. You know, when I'm going somewhere driving and I have to make a U-turn, I hate that. I'm like, ah, I have to right. backtrack, dagnabbit. Yeah. That's what Having I feel to, like in these things. Yeah. Oh, is this just a different view of the same one? No, this is, um, I believe that's stage two. So that would have been last stage of our second day. Gotcha. Those are some pretty good uh, distance there. I believe, yeah, I think they're about 20 yards. Okay. I think some of them might have been about 25 yards, yeah. So, all right. Going back to um, Ben's drill, mm -hmm. practical accuracy. Ha does your practical accuracy drill help you with this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, whenever I shoot practical accuracy, I almost exclusively do it at 20 to 25 yards. And mainly for stages just like this one, because there's been a few of them now this year that have kind of resembled that. Kind of just all open targets about the same range a little bit on the far side and being able to just know what you need to see on those targets is very important. Would you consider this then predictive shooting? Like, you know what you're going to get based on what you're seeing. So the predictive shooting would be taking one site, one site picture and two shots and then two shots. That's predictive. I was shooting like reactive shooting there. I was reacting to, a sight picture. What you're shot. saying. Yeah. Okay. How did you feel when you got done here? How did you feel about the stage? Um, I felt like it went really well. Um, I feel like I kind of, my reload wasn't that great. When I reacquired my grip after my reload, my grip was not great. So I believe I threw two deltas after my reload and the lose dropping those points did not fare very well. How did you feel about your movement? I felt like my movement was pretty good on that. I was able to explode both directions i felt like i probably could have got into a little bit better of a shooting position a little i felt like i could have got a little bit lower a little bit wider at all three spots overall i felt like it was all right now that you're done with nationals it's only four days another thing from steve anderson is he likes the idea of a journal mm -hmm. by chance have you written anything down about how you shot what things you need to improve on things like that yeah, um, I have. I started. I started making a list. I haven't gotten very far on it yet. Um, I've still been. I've still been going through my videos a lot lately, really trying to not miss anything. But I do plan. I do plan to write down like my thoughts on it, some things that I felt like I could have done better. The only reason I'm asking is it seems like a couple of times you've mentioned, you know, not finding your spot when you're moving, or you know little things with your movement uh, and your grip, I could see if you take time off, it would be easy to forget that come next spring. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, and, definitely important to make note of what you're, 
what you're seeing basically from your results. Right. And, and I, look, I'm not looking to become a national champion. I found this sport way too late in life, but, but I mean, you have literally your whole life ahead of you Mm -hmm. and you're, you're young, you're athletic, you have all that. So I, you know, I could see you being at, you know, working at it hard enough. You could be at that pinnacle of the shooting sport. So I could see where it, it would make a difference for you to be able to track. Okay. Let me go back. I need to start working on obviously the basics. I need to get warmed up, but yeah. These were the things I noticed I needed to improve from last season. Yeah, absolutely. Being able to being able to make notes and then be able to track those those to make to see your progress basically is important. Do you see you changing anything again? This is your first nationals. Do you feel you experienced anything that's going to fundamentally change the way you either live fire or dry fire? No. Um honestly, I feel like it it confirmed that what I've been doing is helping, that I've been able to make improvements. I've been able to go, okay, this has been a problem and I need to work to fix that and then actually been able to implement. So I feel I feel I encouraged that what I've been doing has been good. I do I plan to start earlier in the year next year. Like not not wait quite so late, kind of ramp up. Like I, I waited till kind of August or so before I really dry fired hard and live fired a lot. I plan to do that earlier in the year, maybe start that early July, maybe even in June. Do you feel like there was a point where you're like, okay, I I want to do better. So now I'm going to start doing more. Or was it just the fact that you were going to national? It was, I, I planned it out um, early in the season, like in the off season. I'd already made the plan that, you know, I was going to dry fire a little bit throughout the off season or throughout the late winter, early spring, and then turkey season was going to happen. And then after turkey season, I was going to start getting on track as far as some kind of regimen, a little bit of dry fire, kind of like two, three times a week, 30 minutes or so, live firing once a week. And then I wanted to really ramp up so I wasn't getting burned out or anything by the time it was for by the time nationals came around. I wanted to be at my peak. Okay. But now you feel like you could start that sooner and not be burned out. Correct. Yeah. I definitely felt like I could have um I still had some left in the tank and I could have started my ramp up sooner and still been at my peak. So yeah. you don't run out of you don't run out of energy as soon. When you're young, right. it's a great feeling. All right, CMP. What did you think of CMP? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, definitely the biggest range I've been to. I kind of, I kind of liked the range in Tulsa a little bit better. I felt like, I felt like the, the gravel at, on the pistol bays at the CMP range. It was pretty loose. The terrain at the Tulsa range was mostly grass or kind of sand, and I, I seemed to like that a little bit better. But as far as the facility, I like it. It was really good. I like the CMP range a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a very nice facility. Did you take? Did you guys have? I assume that you had the side in bay available. It's like the pistol range. Uh, I believe there. I believe there was one available. Yeah. Um, I never. I didn't. I didn't use it. No. Did you guys have any side matches there? There wasn't. There wasn't a side match. No. Uh-uh. Okay. 
Did you hear about the one at Carry Optics Nationals? I, I saw that, yeah. Um, it was a it was a build drill or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um Isaac Lockwood had a one twenty three, all six in the I, A zone. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't do that. And he just posted another video. It was either one oh six or one sixteen. I think That's it was ridiculous. one I think it was one sixteen with a um first shot of either five six or five nine on target. Crazy. That's ridiculous. Like that guy's cheating the galaxy somehow. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing, yeah. but holy cow. It is ridiculous. He got, the, he got the the delay on the timer figured out or something. He, Some, jumping yeah. it maybe. I, I think he has ESP. <laughs> he knows he can like there's a sound that happens before the beep. So he's yeah. able to time it perfectly. Yeah. I, I mean something like that. It's crazy. That's yeah, that's ridiculous. Did you get food? At the award um, ceremony, we did. Yeah. Okay. What'd you think of yeah. Southern barbecue? It was all right. Um, a little sweet. Not. I'm not a huge fan of sweet barbecue, but it was. It was all right. So, what is Kansas City barbecue? Kansas City barbecue is pork, um, but, but it's is it typically sweet? not sweet. So I'm trying to think. It's hickory. Hickory's the main wood. Not. I'm not totally up on that, but are you not a barbecue like, person? I'm not. I don't. I don't need a lot of barbecue. I think it's good, but not. I feel like I feel like that's un-American to live in Kansas City and not eat barbecue. <laughs> yeah, we we don't go out and eat very often. Um, but my mom likes to make to barbecue stuff and smoke stuff a lot, so we okay. we eat a lot. The range in Tulsa is at the U U.S. Shooting Academy, or is that where? Uh, yes. Yeah, that is it. Yeah. So if you had a choice, you would prefer nationals be there versus CMP. Uh, I would, yeah. For the main, it's closer for sure. Right, but taking <laughs> that like, out of the equation, yeah, I I like the facility. I feel a little bit better at the U.S. Shooting Academy. I probably need a few more outhouses. There were pro there probably wouldn't have been enough for nationals there. There would have been but, a line. Yeah, but it, look, I it did, looks kind I of like, funny. Two people in a porta john. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like the layout of the Tulsa Range a lot. Um, there was a road that went to all the bays. And they're they're all pretty close together. So okay, that, that cool. sounds a lot like Frostproof. Frostproof yeah, is the same I, way. You've got bays on each side of a road that goes down the middle. So mm, they're they're all right there. This is like kind of in a loop. So there's like there's bays okay. here, and then there's a road that goes all the way around that, and then there's bays over here. Did you have any issues at CMP with um, lighting, like sunrise, sunset? I I did not. No. Um, if I would have shot the wait, no, I guess I did the block two or the B section. Zone B, yeah, zone, zone B. B was a little bit in a bad, bad spot on a few of the stages, but I didn't really have a problem with it. So you know the stage. On zone B, the last stage on the far right. Mm -hmm. So it's down in that hole and the road goes yeah. up around it. Yep. Two years ago, or I'm sorry, two year, it was two nationals ago. It was last a year ago. Um, you know how you can't start shooting in Alabama until nine. So, oh, really? I, yeah. I didn't know that. That's why shooting doesn't okay. start until nine. It's a state law. That's interesting. I didn't realize that. I wondered why they started it at nine. 
because I'd yeah, never eight. any any match I'd gone to before it started at eight. So I was kind of curious as to why they started it at nine. That's there interesting. I didn't realize that. So on that stage a year ago, a guy ended up using his flashlight because it was dark. <laughs> and on that wow. stage, yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, so, we were done. We were done shooting by like five. So yeah, I don't. We, I don't think it was an issue this year. It just was a year ago. That was just that one stage because it's in that hole. So right, I guess yeah. the sun was down it just would enough. Have, it would have been. It would have gotten darker there a lot sooner than in some of the other bays. Because I st- that same day that he had that problem, I was shooting zone C. So that mm. up on top, and there was no issue at all. We had plenty of light. The sun would have been on at your back, I believe. Right. Yeah. Well, Brody, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. We'll have to do this again sometime, okay? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.